Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, recovering or designing a successful ADHD play date. With us in our virtual studio is V. Caroline McGuire, sometimes guest, sometimes co-host, sometimes guest host. We're going to get into our show in just a minute, but before we do, real quickly, the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is around the corner. It's November the 9th. Excuse me, I I keep getting that wrong. From the 7th to the 9th of uh, November in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You can learn more about the event by going to chaddd.org. It's an event that I've been going to for for a long time. There's a lot of great information um, in the presentations and in the uh, breakout sessions. Uh, But I have to tell you, the reason to go is to uh, to mingle with the tribe, to uh, talk to uh, speakers when they're not speaking, to talk to other people with ADHD, to get chips and tips. And uh, and really, it's something that you need to check into. And again, I encourage you to go. uh, To learn more, go to chaddd.org. Now, with that, Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or CHAD, um, has been a long-term supporter of Attention Talk Radio, and tonight's show is being brought to you by them. In celebration, we're going to, we're offering to give out two digital copies of Attention Magazine. Um, That's just not two. We could have 100 people that we give two to. Uh, All you need to do is listen to our show. We're going to be sharing a secret word um, during the show. Um, Write it down and then listen to another show and write down that secret word. All you have to do is email me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and I'll get your email off to Chad, and they'll get you the magazine um, in in a PDF format. Uh, we do have a chip that we're going to run for Chad, and we'll do that, and we'll get into the meat of the show. So here we go. Organization can be a real challenge for some adults with ADHD in the workplace. Set goals and create a system you can follow and put into actionable steps, like finding time to focus without disruption. Prioritize important items and track your daily success. Learn more workplace coping skills at chad.org. That's C-H-A-D-D dot O-R-G. Thank you, Chad, for your support of Attention Talk Radio. For those that are not familiar, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to become uh, members uh, of Chad, or at least to donate, uh, for the simple reason Chad is is a unified voice. They're the ones that uh, speak on all of our behalf at Capitol Hill and other regulatory agencies. Um, To be a member, you get lots of great member benefits. more than I can actually listen and imagine, but it's, it's, it's very much worth your money. But again, uh, the, the biggest reason is to support them because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. You can learn more about Chad and you can uh, become a member by going to chaddd.org. So let's get into the tonight's show. Um, with us in our virtual studio is V. Caroline McGuire. She's certified as a uh, personal coach for children with ADHD and their families. Her revolutionary coaching program teaches executive functioning skills to children, teens, and young adults. She's a speaker at worldwide venues and is a frequent resource for publications such as U.S. News and World Report, Huffington Post, Attitude Magazine, Attention Magazine, and WebMD. She's the founder of a new and innovative training curriculum designed 
with the ADD Coach Academy, which is the only comprehensive family training program accredited by the International Coach Federation. She's also the author of Why My Child, Why Will No One Play With Me, uh, the, the Play Better Plan to Help Children of All Ages Make Friends and Thrive. You can learn more about Caroline at her website at www.carolinemaguireauthor.com. That's M-H-E-U-I-R-E and author A-U-T-H-O-R. I'm going to share that for everybody else. Um, For those out there like me would have a hard time spelling that. So with all that, Caroline, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeff, for having me. It's really nice to be back. It's like, you know, coming home. We we miss you, Caroline. We're so glad that you're back to us. So we're here talking about play dates. Caroline, when I was a kid, we just jumped on our bike. There was no play date. You just ran out and just did your thing with everybody. But the world's not that safe anymore, and everything's a little bit more structured. And as I learned when my kids were growing up, play dates are the way it works. And um, it can be a bit of a challenge. So can you just talk to us about play dates and the evolution of them? Let's get into some of the challenges and how parents can um, – Design these successfully. You know, Jeff, it's interesting you say that. Fifteen years ago when I started doing this work and I was with the Hollowell Center, um, I didn't even have kids, and I just found that play dates are the way it is and also that our kids don't always get invited back. You know, back when we jumped on our bikes, it never occurred to us to exclude someone and now, um, and we eventually, there was exclusion and there was all that stuff, but it really was more in the teenage years, whereas now we really are finding that it's a, it's a process, and therefore, um, you know, parent, if your kid is a little more challenging, if the combat, compatibility doesn't work, our kids aren't exactly invited back. And so um, one of the reasons I made Playdates part of the Why Will No One Play With Me book that's coming out in September is because um, it is part of the struggle we have for our ADHD kids socially, and all kids, by the way, because the book is for any kid. And and by the way, it's, it's something I hear all over the country, all over the world. Parents are struggling with this. And what also happens, Jeff, that I want to mention is, you know, the book is also, you can use these methods with preteens and teenagers. And one reason that this is so important is if your kid starts to think that that they are left out or they're alienated and they don't have playdates as a little kid, it trickles into big kid life because they're not practicing their social skills. They start to really be self-conscious about their social behaviors, and they really are um, feeling it, and it affects their mood, and it ultimately leads to some hard things like depression, anxiety. So I want us to, you know, talk about the playdate culture because there's this yep. domino effect. Wow, playdate culture. Talk to me about that for a second. I like that. That's a new word for playdate culture. Well, I think our culture in all of the world, unfortunately, has gone toward this we schedule kids thing, right, where kids are scheduled we get we have playdates, we arrange their socialization, and in many cases, we as parents arrange it based on who we like, who is easy to have in the house, and who we're friends with, right? And less about, you know, my mother could have cared less 
about some of the mothers in the neighborhood. It was about who I wanted to jump on my Schwinn bike with, right? But now yeah. there's this there's this culture where we're a arranging all their time, which has negative effects, but also it's it's the parent driving this to some extent. And that affects yep. our little kids because our kids are not always the easiest to have around. Wow. That's very insightful. I didn't really think about that. Parents drive. They're going to have the planets with who their friends are, not necessarily who the kids are. And there's other – it's just – wow. Wow. So talk to me. How, how do you find play dates? I think that that's really important to talk about because one of the questions, you know, when I went to sell this book in New York, I had all these editors coming out to me about their kids and their kids' problems, which was really lovely because I got to help some people. And one of the things that people said to me was, look, this is good, Caroline, but if nobody will play with you, how are you going to get play dates to rehearse better social skills? And what ends up happening is for a lot of kids, you know, they come home and they say, Dad, Mom, I like so-and-so wrong in school. Can you arrange it? Or parents are having coffee, running together, and we decide to have a play date. With our kids, we have to work on the underlying social skills, and I think you and I will talk about that in a minute. Yep. But a lot of times we have to, once we've figured out this is a problem, my kid doesn't get play dates, you know, et cetera, we're going to have to spend time thinking about, okay, where can we get playdates from since they're not just showing up? And, and that's um, something I would only do, Jeff, once I've started addressing the underlying social skills problems because otherwise um, you're just – I don't know a better word, but you're just sort of – giving a bad impression to more kids. So I, I want to mention that because it's not um, – many parents call me crying. I, I give speeches and people cry, Jeff. You've seen it because yep. Yep. every play date is a disaster, and it can get better, yep. but it can only get better if you address the underlying problems. Go, you know, that, that's my, my yep. advice. Yeah, so uh, a little bit all over here, place, but I think this is actually good. In terms of addressing the underlying social skills, I think I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, an article that you wrote about um, being the social spy in a room as a game to play with kids to kind of go out and have them notice other people's social skills to build that. Is Am I pulling that out of thin air? Did you have that? If so, can you tell us about the, the, the nature of that article to address this issue? Yeah. No, you're not pulling that out of the air. Um, so I would say this to parents. Um if you think there's a problem, take action. Don't wait. Wait and see doesn't work because if they could, they would. Um, it's not like normal child development where you wait six months and they walk. You wait six months yep. and they ride the bike. So that's just A. Yep. B, yeah, absolutely. A big piece of this, right, is that our kids are not great noticers, right? Whether it's that they don't pause to pay attention whether it's that they're all wrapped up in their own head and their own emotional stuff, whether it's self-regulation driving it, they're not great noticers at all. So one of the things that you can do, and, and I talk about this more in depth in articles and in the book, is you can have the kid become a social spy. 
you're going to rehearse this with them so that they're doing this covertly. They're not just, you know, staring at people. You can go to a food court or a box store like a Target, and you can ask them to observe people and give them specific missions. Like, I want to see if you can notice everybody whose energy is really low and energy is really high. Because those things, those context things, Jeff, are really important, and they're what our kids don't notice. I get calls from school. You know, I had the lights shut off in my office, and I was packing my bag, and the kid you're working with talked at me, even though all the signs and signals were there that I was trying to walk out the door. Well, the kid was caught up in his own thing, and he didn't notice. So if we can help them be a spy, also it helps you. Rather than you getting um, annoyed and telling them that they're being inconsiderate or they're not um, noticing something important, or let's say your kid is not a joiner and you know that them participating in the annual Halloween festival is really important, otherwise they're going to be left out even more. Ask them to just go to school and their mission is to spy and see how many people are going to the Halloween festival and what are the other kids talking about in school. Because I'm going to bet dollar to donuts it's that Halloween festival. Instead of telling them and getting into some adversarial thing, you're making it a game, and then they have the realization, and then you play dumb, like, oh, interesting, instead of saying, like, no kidding, I knew this. Wow. So need to go to a break here in a second, but what I'm hearing, the foundation of all this stuff is really teaching your kids social skills, and I like this tool, the game, where you're using it to help them because they're not good noticers, and you're sending them in a, in a game mindset-like thing for them to notice, for them to realize it so that they can begin to develop the social skills as an underlying thing in order to find play dates and or manage the play dates when you get them going. So I'm beginning to realize this is like everything, right? <laughs> this is a lot. It's a lot. That's why it's a 400-page book, Jeff. Um, it's a lot. What I like about this, I like about this, is it's it's a it's a game. It's a fun format, and I, it's not that complicated. I'm I'm sure that you have some tips, like okay, notice energy and stuff like that for them to do. But it's really a mindset thing that the kids can kind of play with. So there's a lot there. Um, I want to build on this a little bit. When we come back for break, everyone tonight. The the secret word is playdate. Again, the secret word is Playdate, and to, you need to learn more about Caroline by going to her website at carolinemaguireauthor.com. Again, it's carolinemaguireauthor.com. And if you're not writing that down, we're going to have a little in our commercial break. She's going to repeat it again here just in a second. So we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. 
Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Caroline McGuire. We're having a conversation, uh, actually helping parents with the mindset of when your kids are struggling with play dates and stuff like that. The underlying issue is a lot of times social skills and how do you teach that. And before the break, there was a clever little grain of game of helping your kid be a social spy to kind of help them become more observant of what's going on so they can be, bring some awareness to what's happening. And I had my little aha that this is this, this thing that's not taught that drives everything, and I think uh, this simple game is something that really could uh, – uh, really kind of turn the corner. Um, and it sounds like it's, the kids would actually enjoy this. Is that, I mean, in your experience, Caroline, is this like one of those things that if done right, it's actually a blast? It is. And I want to also say you can do this for any age group. So, you know, I had a college girl I was working with, and she's pre-med, and I was, you know, saying to her, you can't get up at noon on a Saturday as a pre-med person and then go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. Like, you, you, you need more hours to study. Well, instead of having this adversarial conversation, I said, I want you to go to campus. I want you to observe what time do the other top pre-med students get up on Saturday morning and what time do they go to bed and where are they? Are they in the library or whatever? She came back and she mm-hmm. said, Caroline, they don't get up at noon. And it, she was like shocked. And I just played dumb and I said, really? That's awesome. Because now I haven't told her, and then that teenage back comes up, right, and they don't listen, and they're going to do the opposite just because of that developmental stage that they're in. Now they have witnessed it with their own eyes. So it's really powerful for all kinds of things. Yep. I've learned over the years you can tell people what to do and they can discover it on their own. If they discover it on their own, it's a completely different ballgame, completely different ballgame. So, all right, so you're teaching the social skills. The kids are kind of coming along. So in the early stage, how do you go about finding play dates? Or, or is that what, It sounds like a challenge, but where do you start? So um, there's a couple things. Um, in the book, I had something called How Will You Know? And it's like signs and signals and things you'll hear from your kid as things are changing for them. So when your kid starts to, you know, develop some, some improvement and you want them to practice, um, there's a few tips that I've used over the years to get play dates for those who maybe, you know, you can't call their classmates, right? It's, it's over. They've had a hard time, and it's not going to happen. One is family members and cousins. You know, I find that if you have some, you know, cousins, family members, those people are very willing to work with you and discuss it. The other is go to the teacher, go to the school psychologist, tell them what's going on, first of all, and then ask them, 
who is someone who might be amenable? They also know parents and families. So, for instance, shocking, I get a lot of calls, right? Because some teacher says to a mother, you know, Caroline does this for a living. She'd probably be pretty cool. The other thing I would say is ask siblings. You know, just because your ADHD kid gives you no information, their sibling might be in the same school and might know a lot and might know people who might be friendly or give them a second chance. The other thing mm -hmm. is I often ask the kid to run a public relations campaign. We have a frank talk about where things have been, right? And I ask them what impression they want to make and what they can do to kind of show their classmates that they're changing. And we come up with some specific things that will help them with their classmates get more play dates. I also want to wow. suggest, yeah, I mean, look, that's the fact is you, you've burned the bridge, right? <laughs> so we got to rebuild. Yep. So if you do the, the social spy and they become aware of it, it seems like the PR campaign kind of for many is a natural progression. Yeah, I think, you know, you're, in my method, you're building social skills a few times a week, just like you would with a professional, or they're working with a professional. And then we're starting to have these realizations. And once they have a little bit of a shift in mindset, which you know is the most important thing, now we're talking about impressions. And we're talking about the fact that, Jeff, whatever actions I take affect how you receive me and how you treat me and this is something I talk about a lot with kids and not in a preachy way but just in the boomerang effect that it is and you could even if you had a really little kid you could take them out in the backyard you could show them a frisbee or a boomerang and how everything comes back you can do creative things and then we designed the public relations campaign together I explained about a brand you know McDonald's something they know and then they love it. They get into it, you know, and they start seeing brands everywhere, seeing how those brands put out an image. I use Volvo a lot. You know, Volvo is known for safety. What makes Volvo known for safety? And we make it a game. And that yeah. way it's not, hey, you, you know, burn this bridge and make them feel bad. It's a proactive thing they can do. Wow, this is so – this is great. So you have use the social spy game to help them develop the social skills. Then when they got some of that, they're attuned to use the PR campaign for them to kind of brand themselves and pull that together. And what I heard from you in terms of finding play date, it's not so much going and looking at a list or going and talking to teachers, but kind of networking um, with the resources that are there to find it. So there's less pressure to identify yourself, but go through other places like siblings, that type of stuff, in order to see what reveals itself. Is that Am I articulating that in a, in a very succinct way, accurately? Yeah, I think you absolutely are. I think that, um, you know, you're – look, we have to sort of call it, right? We're in a tough spot yep. here. And the other yep. thing is younger kids, right? Look, we want our kids to be friends with the people in their class, but sometimes we have to build up to that. And sometimes our kids, remember what Tom Brown says, they are three to five years less mature in, in some cases. So if yep. we want to have a play date with a kid in a grade below, they might actually have more success 
So we're trying to be creative here, Jeff. Yep. That's the one thing that I've learned over the years is you got if you're dealing with people with ADHD, you got to be as creative as possible. You got to think outside the box. You got to look at away from that. Which is it was funny. I was on a. Uh, a meeting the other day and they're talking about publishing accommodations and I'm like, I don't think we want to do that because when you publish like the top five, then nobody can think of anything that's not on that top five list um, because it kind of closes them down. And the key is, is that creativity to see what's not on that top five list. Um, Caroline, I need to go to a break again. When we come back, um, I want to kind of talk about like hosting play dates and, and making them successful. Uh, our listeners real quick, our secret word tonight is play date. Uh, again, Playdate, and uh, to learn more about Caroline, go to her website at carolinemaguireauthor.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation with Caroline McGuire that's exceptionally insightful. I'm learning a ton here. Uh, we talked about building social skills to be the key to this. We talked about running PR campaigns. Now we're talking about hosting a successful play date. Take it away, Caroline. Shed some insight on this. So <laughs> I want to say it. this. I, I feel like hosting is the key to our castle, right? Like we probably have to host the majorities of play dates at first, especially when we're building social skills. It, 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 I know it's, it's a burden. I personally get so drained from these things at times. But if we host it, then we can do the number one thing that affects our kids' ADHD symptomology, which is a control the environment. How long? You know, I have parents come to my office, and they tell me they had a five-hour play date, and it was a disaster. I can't self-regulate for five hours. I don't know about you. So we, we can control more about it. We can say, okay, we're going to have certain play dates. We're going to pick a good companion. We're going to set it at a time of day when the kid doesn't necessarily, you know, melt down all the time. We can look at um, location. You know, I, I've had people tell me that they brought kids to batting cages and stuff, and it went really well. We can look at the activities. We can also be sort of 
there but not there, right? So I don't advise a lot of interference because even at a very young age, kids start to feel really embarrassed by that. And it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to have 100% success even when we're working on things. You can also, um, you know, you can you can have that though that engineered thing. Now I know there's people out there, Jeff, I can feel them saying, I've tried that. Let me make a distinction. If you are working on the social skills, then this is the second piece. If you when you've engineered it in the past, you know, have you been actively building this yep. kid's social behaviors? That's the key. I, I wanna make that distinction because I can feel someone out there saying Caroline, I do that. Yep, I'm, I'm really glad that you do that because underlying this, that goes back to those social skills. If that's not the foundation, it's a bit of a challenge. So, you know, I got to thank you very much. So I want to throw this out there to see if this kind of talks, speaks to this controlling the environment type thing. Now, my youngest son does not have ADHD, but years ago he, um, I was, he, for birthday parties, I would throw birthday parties for him because he loved it. And I was really concerned about the environment particularly because he wanted to have a lot of kids over so what i used to do is we invite like his soccer team and his school friends and stuff over and the agenda is all they would all show up at the house at the same time they'd be running around and i would load them up and i would take them down to like this soccer field and i would have them play soccer for a period of time until the fight started and then i would convert it to like a um an ultimate frisbee game kind of until they got their fill of that and then i think um i played like a little like capture the flag or no uh touch football for a period of time through those three sports and how long we spent at those depended on how long they got around and I didn't really oversee it a lot but I was basically just letting them run all the energy out of them then I would load them up and bring them back to the house and throw them in the pool so number one they're all hot and sweaty so I dunk them in the pool to kind of uh, cool them off everybody I live in, in Tampa so it's a little bit easier for me to like seasonalize then when they got done, they would come in, the pizzas would be arriving so I could kind of feed them and, and kind of deal with that. And then we'd bring them in and just kind of let them chill because they'd been running around for a little bit. And then I would put in a movie uh, a little bit after the food had settled so I could start bringing them all down. And they would sleep all over the downstairs after the movie. So it was a very rehearsed, controlled environment. I wasn't overly barren involved, but I basically had the activities lined up to wear them out, throw them in the pool to clean them up, throw them some food and watch a movie and kind of bring them down. And when the movie was on, I would turn the lights off and stuff to bring down. And the parents, and then the next morning they would wake up and I'd have pancakes all over the place and I'd sugar them all up and the parents would show up and they'd go, here, take the kids. <laughs> but the thing about it was his parents were like, how did you do that? And i got to tell you something, it was so structured, it really wasn't difficult. It was actually pretty fun because I didn't have any trouble because I was controlling the environment and my son's very athletic so he, he actually invited like and kids but is, is that am I off base in terms of controlling the environment or something like that or is that, that a reasonable structure now underlying this is social skills they have to be there but is that, is that a good example of how you can put that together to manage it for ADHD kids it'd be a little long um, but I think also that fun um, you know, you dazzled them, Jeff. You put me to shame. But I think, I think that sort of you, one of the things you mentioned in this whole story is you're anticipating their needs, right? You're saying they're gonna come, they're gonna, they're gonna be tired. I'm gonna, I need to get the pizza. They're gonna be hot. I'm getting them into the pool. And I think that's part of this, right? Is thinking yes. through, you know, just because. So this is like my call to parents. 
a lot of times our kids don't have play dates and someone asks you and you're so excited and you know it's not the right environment it's not the right time of day it's not this it's not that but you're so desperate that you say oh okay yes we'd love to don't do that because the thing about it is is that engineering makes such a difference and if you send them to someone's house at a time of day when they are burnt out from school and they're going to lose it, then they're going to make a bad impression. So it is that it's the gamification and it's also successful play date. We've been working on this and I was just so happy. He was so happy. And he said to me, he's only six years old. He said, you have to remind me of stuff, Caroline. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, you know what my mom did? My mom reminded me just before the play date arrived of what my mission was. And then the other thing, Jeff, that's a little different is I would not hover. Be in the kitchen, be nearby, but don't interfere every two seconds. Know that the first half of that play date might go great and the last half might not. Well, a year ago, nothing went well, so that's still progress. Wow, wow. Caroline, this is spectacular. So just I'm going to walk through what I've learned today. Um, I'm sure everybody else has got something kind of completely different. But when it comes to this play day thing, you got to start with the foundation, and that's social skills. you got to help kids with ADHD and other related issues manage those social skills. And what a great game then uh, to do is the uh, social spy. You're sending them out to notice because they're not necessarily good at notice. So it's a game that they begin to notice some of those skills. Then when you're going to find it, one, it's like, hey, how can we – start to put on our own PR campaign to change the brand, uh, to invite some of those things in and kind of make some of that stuff happen. And then when you're hosting it, it's controlling the environment. And I like, I kind of like you correct Maybe what I was talking about was a little bit long, but what I think you pulled out was the key is anticipate the needs and have that stuff ready. So it's that mindset of dealing with the foundation, working with your kids to build those social skills, kind of engage them in those games to help them them themselves kind of change their own brand by putting on a PR campaign. And when you're pulling this stuff together, anticipate their needs. To me, I got to tell you, that really sounds like a winning recipe. Um, with that mindset, if you can, you know, you don't even have to pull it off perfectly, but I think you could have a lot of success with it. Is that, in, 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 in summary, in its most simple terms, that makes some sense, or is there anything else you'd like to add? I would just like to add that um, don't wait. Don't wait. This is all possible. It takes time. Um, You're going to celebrate every little win, and it's hard work because you're going to be working with your kid a lot. Um, But the fact is that um, if you wait, you know, it it might not get better. So I think that um, one of the the best things we can do is kind of try something different and and work on those social skills. That's what I want to say. It can only get better, though. I I absolutely agree. I think that's the foundation and and a big insight, at least that I'm taking from today. So with that, Caroline, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. Anyway, everybody, our secret word tonight is play date. So check out carolinemaguireauthor.com. We hope you've uh, enjoyed our show. Catch us next week, another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.